Well, we now come to a point in our, our life as a church where we're starting a new series. You know, it's another month and uh, we're kicking on a new series. And this, this series is actually going to be a little bit longer than what we would normally do about a month length of time. Um, we're actually going to be looking at the various disciples and the people who follow Jesus and then also spread the good news um, of Jesus Christ. Uh, out and wide and proclaimed his name. It's a series about that really touches into part of our mission statement as a church. Our mission statement is to, to lead people to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. So it is actually the call, the call to become a disciple is our series. And we're going to be looking at the various aspects of what it means to be a disciple what those disciples did, so the early 12 disciples, and um, how that then reacts to ourselves and how we then become a disciple ourselves and what are the things that do that. But before we get too far, we're going to look at the 12 disciples that followed Jesus. And I just want to ask you this question. How many people know the names of the 12 disciples? Anybody you know, willing to throw at least one name at me? Andrew, okay, we got Andrew, that's pretty good. Matthew, yep, that's good. Sometimes we called Matthew a different name, didn't we? Levi, Levi. yes, well done. So we've got two so far. Peter. Peter and John, you know, what was Peter's for, you know, other name? Well done, you should, you should know, Simon, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, so we've got a few. Um, James, yep. Luke. Not quite Luke, but Judas, yes. Well, before we go too far, let, let's put it up on the screen so we don't, you know. There they are. So Simon, uh, it's often called Peter, um, James, John, Andrew, Bartholomew, is one of the ones, or Nathaniel, you know. Um, James the Younger, sometimes we call him James the Lesser, but, you know, Younger's probably nicer than Lesser. Um, Judas, Jude, or Thaddeus, Matthew, or Levi, Philip, Simon the Zealot, and Thomas. So yeah, they're, they're the 12 that followed along with Jesus. And, and interestingly also, um, you know, when Judas uh, was no longer a disciple um, after committing suicide, uh, Matthias was then selected to be uh, one of the 12. So they're, they're, our, they're our disciples. But we're not just going to restrict ourselves to just those few guys, but they are important, you know. We often call them the apostles, the 12 apostles. Um, but they're important. But what I want us to do is we're going to go ahead and start with the first one, Simon Peter. Um, and we're going to actually have a look at his call. See, his call into ministry, his call into following Jesus. So we're going to go straight to um, the Bible and we're going to have a look at Luke. We're going to look at Luke's uh, account of the call of Simon Peter. Um, it's found in other accounts, but I want us to really focus on Luke today. So here it is. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked all hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. 
But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners to, in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and, and were on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realised what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught. And as were the others with him, his partner, James and John, the son of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. For now you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Now what an amazing Story. It's, it's the call of Simon Peter to become a follower of Jesus Christ, to become that disciple, somebody who follows in the footsteps and the teaching and learning from the teacher, the master, which is Jesus. But there are some really interesting key things about this call that we don't get with the other ones and really helps us understand what it means for us to answer the call of God upon our lives to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus. And the first is this. You'll notice that Jesus was already preaching and teaching and people were already coming to hear him speak. Now this is important because Simon just didn't see Jesus and decide just on that spot without any understanding of who he was, yes, I'm going to follow that person. So often we think that that's what happens. If we look at Matthew and Mark's account of, of the call of Simon Peter, basically it just seems that they got up and started following Jesus. You know, Jesus points at them and goes, you two guys over there, I want you to come and follow me. So let's actually have a look at it and see the difference and see the account that happens on there. On Matthew 4, verses 18 through to 20. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of the Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing nets into the water for they fish for a living. Jesus called to them, hey, come, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Can you kind of see, just walking along and go, hey, you two, come and follow me. If that happened to you while you were doing your every daily business kind of thing, what would you think? Probably the right answer. What are you talking about? Why would I want to go and follow you? You know, that kind of... So you actually have to, you know, Luke's account actually gives us an understanding of why Simon Peter actually left and followed Jesus. It gives us an understanding and a fleshing out, you know, because he's hearing Jesus' teaching. Jesus is already in the midst of his teaching ministry and his healing ministry and people are already starting to come and want to listen to him and follow along with him. And Peter responds to Jesus' message personally. You know, it's in the same way that we are more likely to hear the call of God upon our lives when we actually hear the message of God preached. You know, we, God doesn't just go, hey, you're over there, I want you. Well, we, God actually does do that. But we also do need to hear the message of the preaching of God and understand God, to actually understand that. God is actually saying he wants each and every one of you to be a disciple. But we need to hear the message preached. 
And it, it kind of it saddens me because I, I hear parents nowadays saying that they don't want to don't want to influence their kids too much. So we don't bring them to church, we don't send them to the Sunday school, we don't bring them to anything like that because we want our kids to have the freedom of choice of whether to have faith or not. The problem is they've already made a choice. They've already made an understanding and a statement in their lives that, that it's not important. They've already said that by the actions they do. And they, How can the kids, when parents go, oh, we want you to have freedom to choose, but we don't tell you about what you can choose. We don't show you what you can choose. We don't teach you what you can choose. When you don't do that, what happens to the kids? Well, they don't make a choice. They make the choice that the parents have, which is nothing. It saddens me because of that. We need to hear Jesus in order to be able to respond to God's call upon our lives. We need to hear the message of Christ. And that's what happens with Simon, Simon Peter. It gets so confusing because I want to call him Simon and Peter. But it's Simon... Yeah, if I call him Peter or Simon, you know who I'm meeting? You know, I, I might interchange it because you know that Luke actually does call him Simon from all this time. So Simon hears Jesus preaching. He knows he's a preacher. He knows that he's got a message. The second thing we we need to kind of understand is that Simon was willing to hear from Jesus. So if we look in this passage from Luke's Gospel, we'll notice that the fishermen were washing their nets. They'd been out fishing all night and were preparing for the next day. You know, making sure the nets are okay, clean, ready to go. Yet in the midst of all of this busyness, and also most likely, you know, they're tired. Simon is still willing to hear Jesus' request and willing to hear his preaching. How often have we in our lives ignored things because we're already busy doing something? How often in our lives have we ignored things because we've been tired? This for me is probably one of the biggest things in my life is that, you know, when, when we're busy doing stuff, when we're tired, we tend to push aside those things that come in, those things from the outside. If you're busy doing a, a task and something else comes in, what do you want to do? You want to focus on the task. You, get, you know, stop, go away. And that's actually one of the biggest, hard, you know, the hardest things for me is that sometimes God needs to come in in the midst of our busyness, needs to come in in the midst of the tiredness that we have and we need to be willing to hear what God wants us to do. It's those things that come in from the side that are often where God is wanting us to be, not necessarily in the midst of the activities that we're doing but hearing the message of God that's coming in. So in the midst of our tired and busyness, in the midst of Simon's tiredness and busyness, he actually responds to Jesus' request. He pushes the boat out. Jesus says, can you actually push this boat out? He asks permission for Simon to push the boat out into the water, and, and which means that he just didn't push it out. He's out there with Jesus in the boat. He's got front row seats to hear the message. He's, he's right there. You can see that Jesus already pinpointed Simon and wants him to be front and centre, and it's the same for us. God has pinpointed us and wants us to be front and centre to hear the message of God in our lives. 
Then what happens? The third thing that happens within this account of Simon's call to become a disciple is that Simon actually does what Jesus asks him to do. So after the preaching, after the message that Jesus gives to, to the crowds of people, it's a, it's a practical thing to sit in the boat with people on the shore coming up. Your message can actually get out there a little bit easier and people can hear and you can preach to a larger crowd. It's a practical thing. But after Jesus has preached, he turns to me and says, Look, let's go out into the deeper waters and let's put down the nets again. You know, Simon's hesitant goes, well, we've worked really hard all night and we've got nothing. You know, what, what makes you think that we're going to be able to go and get anything? But, you know, just because you've asked, you know, and you can start to see what's happening here. He's actually heard the preaching of God. He's heard Jesus preaching and he's, he, there's something about Jesus that's striking him as being special, something that is drawing him to want to be closer to him. And even though it sounds ludicrous to him, even though he's tired, even though he's worked, even though he hasn't done anything, he's willing to go and do what Jesus asks. And he goes out and they put down the nets and they start catching fish. How often in our lives have we not done something that God has asked us to do, wants us to do because we think we know best? You know, this is actually a recurring theme when you start to actually read through the Bible. This is actually what happens in so many different stories of when God requests somebody to go and do something. They go, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I know better. And it's the same in our lives. It's real. We think that we know best for all of our lives, but yet God is asking us to come and follow, to be a disciple. And see what Simon does is he responds. He responds in faith and says, yes, I will go and do as you said. But he does it with a bit of hesitation and that's okay. Sometimes we need to have a little bit of hesitation in our lives, but we still need to respond to God and the call of God in our lives, the call to become a disciple in our lives. The fourth thing that you'll recognise is that Simon recognises his own sinfulness when he is encountered the presence of the living God, doesn't he? He recognises his own sinfulness. And this is actually an important part of God's call upon our lives. It's an important part of discipleship. It's to know that we have actually fallen short of God's glory for our lives. But it's also an important part for us on another level as well. See, the thing is that that God is calling ordinary people to be his disciples. He's calling each and every ordinary person to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You know, fishermen, that's what, a, that's what Simon was. He was a fisherman. He wasn't a religious scholar. He wasn't somebody that went and did, you know, lived his life perfectly. He wasn't rich. He wasn't a ruler, he was an everyday, ordinary person. Not super spiritual, none of those, just an ordinary person. And see, the reason why God calls ordinary people is because ordinary people, like you, like me, we're ordinary people. I want to say I'm ordinary, as much as everybody else is ordinary. 
I'm not some special person that's done amazing things. I'm an ordinary person. See, the thing is, ordinary people relate to other people much more easily. And the reason they can relate and the reason why God called these people and the reason why God called Simon was that he could relate to those people around him. Not condemn them, but to relate to them. And in order to do that, he needed to understand his own sinfulness, that he'd fallen short of God's glory in his life. It's an important aspect in our call as well to know that we've fallen short of God's glory and we want to understand and know how we can live our life according to God's pattern. And finally, what happens, and this is you know, kind of where the, the other accounts step in, is that Simon actually followed Jesus when Jesus called him to follow. So that's pretty much the, the, all the other accounts. To go, Jesus calls them and goes, come and follow me. Whereas in this account we see so much more of what's happening in, in Simon's life so that we can actually understand the call of God upon them. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, for now on you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. See, Peter had a choice. And we all have a choice, really. We had a choice. Do, do I continue to keep fishing? Do I continue to keep on doing what is my livelihood? Do I continue to keep on going on what has, I've known all my life? Or do I take a chance? Do I, do I follow? Do I follow Jesus? Do I follow God who's here with me right now? I've seen a miraculous sign. I've heard him preach. I, I, I've also said, you are more than me. I've confessed my sins. What choice do you make when we're confronted with God? Do we, do we say that we continue on with the life that we've had, with the things that we've been doing, the same stuff every day and ignoring God's call upon our life? Or do we actually say, I will follow I will become a disciple. I will follow you. I want to follow you, God. See, we all have a choice. God calls us. God calls us to follow him. God calls us to be a disciple. But we can continue doing what we've done every day of the week leading up to this point, or we can follow God. Are we willing to follow? Or are we willing just to go back to the way things were? See, the thing is, and as we're going to explore over the weeks, following God will have an impact on your life. Following God will change you. It changed those disciples, those people, and it will change your life too. So the call of your life, of God upon your life, will change who you are. The question is, are you willing to follow that coin? that call? Are you willing to choose to follow Jesus Christ? Are you willing to be a disciple of our Lord God Almighty? Let's just pray together. Our Lord God, we give you thanks that you call people throughout history, that you called Simon and you named him Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. 
And so, as we look upon the call of Simon, we see that it is similar to our call, that you call us to make a change. You call us to be different. You call us to follow you. Oh Lord, help us to follow you all of our days. Help us to follow you to where we need to be. Help us to follow you as a church, as individuals within the church and the church complete to follow your leading and your message in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that if, if there's somebody now that their heart is being opened up, opened up to the call upon their lives, that they may respond and say yes to you, Lord. We ask this in the power of Jesus' name, in the power of the Holy Spirit that flows through each and every one of us. We ask this in your name, our Lord. Amen.